Every morning at Pivot, the students and the staff, we, we gather together for roll call just to simply discuss the day's schedule. Well, I recall several years ago, we had gathered in, in the chapel as, you, as we usually do, and suddenly we heard someone yelling. We all ran out to the hall to see what was going on. And there was someone in the bathroom banging on the door, yelling, let me out, let me out. Well, it turns out that the door on the lock malfunctioned. And one of the students was trapped inside. I pulled on the door a few times. The door wouldn't open. We tried a few tricks with the credit card. You guys know about that. Nothing happened. After some time dealing with this door, we finally managed to unjam the lock. We got the door open, and the student was set free. Praise God. Now, you may have never been locked in a bathroom or trapped in a bathroom, but I believe there are spaces in our lives where we feel anxious, where we feel afraid, where we feel trapped, just like that student. We feel trapped and we find ourselves banging on the door and pulling on the handle, but we can't get free. So we need help from the outside to be free, just like the student. To get that help from the outside, saints, we first must admit that we are totally helpless. We're totally helpless on our own. I think more times than not, in our life situations, we rely on our own strength. We rely on our own wisdom. We rely on our own wit. In other words, we look inward for the answers. We rely on our own hearts, which leads us to put total, completely trust in ourselves. We put trust totally in other things. We put trust in other people. In truth, I think we're often the source of our problems in life, trusting ourselves. Saints, there's a much better way. There's a way much better way. God is greater than our strength. God is greater than our wisdom. He's greater than our wit. He knows everything. He knows exactly how to help us. He knows exactly what we need. He is the better way. Trusting in God and not in ourselves, it means we flourish. It means we are truly free. The songs you've heard, the testimony, they all speak to this freedom. And it's when we trust in God. In our text today, Jeremiah contrasts the man who trusts in himself versus the man who trusts in the Lord. So I want to give you a bit of context to this text. Jeremiah has been called to urge the people of Judah to turn from their sinful ways and to turn back to God. You see, the people of Judah, they were kind of trapped. Not in a bathroom, but they were trapped in their sinful ways. And they couldn't get out. They were yelling and banging on the door, but they refused to turn back to God. 
They were trusting in themselves and in their own ways. They turned their hearts away from God. They turned their hearts inward. Away from God who created them. The God who freed them from slavery. The God who gave them the land to inhabit. And then, adding insult to injury, they broke their covenant relationship with God by worshiping other idols, by worshiping other gods. These were a sinful people. Well, saints, spoiler alert, this is our story. This is our story as well. We've done the same as the people of Judah. We've turned away from God. We've all sinned. We've sinned and we've turned away from God. We've all turned, each one of us, to our own ways. The Bible says if you say you have not sinned, you deceive yourself. Saints, is by our choices, just as the people of Judah, we've turned away from God, the God who created us, the God who freed us from slavery. Remember, we were all sinners before Christ came along. And then, just like Judah, adding insult to injury, idols. What idols are we worshiping today? They may not look like the idols in Jeremy's time, wooden trinkets and carved images. But who or what in our lives have become more important than God? Who or what absorbs our heart and our imagination more than God? Who or what have we placed above God? Wealth? Prosperity? Relationships? Family, image, comfort, security, job, status, take your pick. What have we placed above God? Are we trusting in the things of man? Are we trusting and turning from God and turning to ourselves? Well, Jeremiah paints us Jeremiah paints the seriousness of this sin in our text. So if your Bibles are still open, let's dive in and unpack this. Read along with me, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Saints, it's not a sin to trust people. But it is a sin to trust in people. We trust people all the time. We trust the mechanic to repair the car. We trust our financial advisors to give us good financial advice. We trust our teachers to provide a good education to our children. Well, we even trust the guy who programs the GPS system. It's okay to trust people. But it's a sin when it comes to trusting in people. Putting our trust in people is to invest our deepest faith in another person. Without that person, this can't happen. It's when we give our dearest hope to that person that person takes the place 
in our hearts that rightfully belongs to God. Jeremiah says that's making flesh our strength. We cannot make flesh our strength without also our hearts turning away from God, saints. Looking inward to ourselves brings us into bondage and to that desert place. Jeremiah paints a dismal picture of the man who's cursed. And let's look further. Let's look together at verse 6. He describes the cursed man here. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in that parched place of the wilderness in an inhabited salt land. I really like the way Eugene Peterson puts this in the Message Bible. Eugene Peterson writes, Cursed is the strong one who who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on his own muscle. He thinks he can make it alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. Peterson paints an image of isolation, an image of barrenness, uselessness, and lifelessness. Tumbleweeds are just one variety of a desert shrub. These shrubs do not stay connected to the life source. They break apart, they break loose from their, from their root system, and this causes them to dry out. And then they drift, and then they die. In essence, they disconnect from that which sustains them, and they drift aimlessly. Saints, the person who places his trust in man can expect this same marginal existence. Uselessness, barrenness, lifelessness. Now to go on, how Jeremiah describes this cursed man next is even more distressing. Jeremy writes, the cursed man shall not see any good come. He shall not see any good thing come. Saints, from our human perspective, sometimes trusting the flesh looks like it will lead you to joy and prosperity. It looks like it's the wise course. It looks like it's the secure course. It's popular. Everyone's saying it. Look, it works. I love it. It's so good. You should try it. And sometimes it does. But saints, it's only for a moment. And even when that happens, you'll be like a shrub. You'll be like a bush. Yes, that bush in the desert where you see nothing good comes. I'm reminded of the parable of the swine. You may have heard of it. It speaks to this very truth. There was a company of swine, and they were offered all manner of dainty and refined foods. And then how, with a unanimous and swinish grunt, they answered, but we prefer the warm, reeking grains of the slop tub. Saints, this is the choice of the one who trusts in man. He's unable to see any good that comes his way. You see God comes and he supplies everything you need. But you prefer the light. I'm sorry, but you prefer to have more money. God comes and he loves you unconditionally. But you prefer the likes from your hundreds of Facebook followers. God comes and he speaks to your heart, 
but you prefer to lean on your own understanding. You see, God comes, and you can't see good even when it's in front of your face. You shall not see any good come. But, saint, this isn't the end of the story. The story doesn't end here. As I mentioned earlier, there is a more excellent way. And in the next verses, Jeremy paints a beautiful picture of the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He paints a picture of a man who is blessed, not cursed, but blessed. Remember in verses 5 and 6, we saw the cursed man, the man who trusts in himself. He's like that shrub in the desert. Follow along with me as we look at the blessed man. This is the man who trusts in the Lord. Read along with me, verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water. He sends out his roots by the stream. He does not fear when heat comes, for his leaves remain green. He is not anxious in the year of drought, for he does not cease to bear fruit. That's the blessed man. We hear the word blessed all the time. As a matter of fact, it's in the Bible 302 times. The Hebrew word for blessed is barak, and it means to kneel. It describes a believer as being in a very desirable position to receive God's blessings. He's blessed. He's positioned for receiving God's provisions. Saints, in other words, he's planted. He's like a tree planted by the water. He's positioned for receiving God's provisions. Saints, a tree by the water, it never thirsts. It thrives. It produces. It serves others. I'm reminded of that blessed man description in Psalms chapter 1. You may be familiar with it. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on God's word, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruits in the passion and its leaf does not wither. wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Water is often a metaphor used for the word of God, a metaphor to describe the power of God, a metaphor used to describe the spirit of God. Saints, the blessed man is positioned. He's planted firmly in the word of God. He sends out his roots by the streams and he experiences the provisions and the promises of God. If your Bibles are still open, go with me to verse 8 and let's hear the beautiful promises to the man who is blessed. He does not fear when heat comes. He faces and he endures adversity with assurance. His leaves remain green. He remains thriving. He prospers despite his circumstances. He's not anxious in the year of drought. He does not cease to bear fruit. That's the promise I love the most. You see, a year of drought speaks to severe famine. 
And in our modern vernacular, that would be no different than a global financial meltdown or the collapse of the stock market or rising inflation or broken economy. Sounds familiar? While that's bad news to the world, the blessed man can remain at rest and not be anxious because God has promised that even in the midst of a crisis, he will not cease yielding fruit. The man who trusts in the Lord is rooted deep in the power and the presence of Jesus, saints. He's rooted in his relationship to God and he experiences the promises of God. So how can we plant our roots deeper? How can we experience the promises of God? How do we delight in the word and meditate on it day and night? How do we drink to fill ourselves, saints? Well, I can think of a few ways. The more obvious is your church attendance. We can send our roots out into church attendance. We can join small groups. We can join life groups in the church. I'm sure there are Bible studies here. I'm sure there are discussion groups here. The elder spoke of one earlier. Come out to it. Send your roots deeper. We can also send our roots out into missions opportunities, volunteer opportunities that are available. Simple faith community connection is a good place to plant yourselves. Are you trapped? Are you trapped by a life situation that has you anxious and afraid? Are you trapped by some decision that must be made and you feel you're all alone in it? Or maybe it's more personal. Maybe it's your finances or relationships or some matter at work. Are you banging on that door? Are you pulling on the knob? Who are you trusting to open it? Yourself? Your pride? Your experience? Your intellect? The man who trusts in himself is cursed. Saints again, the good news this morning is that there is one to whom we can turn, one who can open that door, and his name is Jesus. His sacrifice opened the door for all of us. And ironically, to do that, he hung on a tree. That tree was planted for you. That tree was planted for me. That tree, the cross of Calvary. He hung there in our place and he died on that tree so that the door would be open for all of us. The door to life and to life abundant. Blessed is the man who's planted by the waters. Saints, today is a good day to be planted. Planted is the one, planted in the one who can open the door. Maybe you've been planted for some time and Your soil has loosened up. Maybe you're not attending as you used to. Maybe you're not as present. Maybe your roots aren't running as deep as they used to. This morning is a great time to be replanted, saints. 
As I close, I want to share with you this poem I ran across. It's called O Tree of Calvary. It's by Chandran Devinson. Chandran was a professor and the first Indian principal at the Madras Christian College in Chennai, India. Hear these words, saints. O tree of Calvary, send thy roots deep down into my heart. Gather together the soil of my heart, the sands of fickleness, the stones of stubbornness, the mud of my desires. Bind them all together, O tree of Calvary. Interlace them with thy strong roots. Entwine them with thy network of thy love. Amen.